Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, guys. And thank you for tuning in to another Dead Hedgehogs podcast. Tonight, we're doing a special Agony Uncles where we have an addiction counselor, Damien Daly from Leitrim, Donegal area. Yeah. And he's going to be discussing some of the issues and problems surrounding addiction in Ireland. Yeah, look, thank, big thanks to everyone that has got in contact with the pages and sent in your issues. Or if and feel free to if anyone is in uh, needs a little bit of help or is in dire yeah, straits. never, never be afraid to contact us in any way. Even if we're not doing an agony uncles podcast, we will love to get back to you and help you out in any problems that you have. Yeah, and look, um, guys, thank you so much for supporting us. Um, if you would like to become a patron, there'll be a link in below. If you do enjoy the podcast, please hit the like button, share it, or, you know, if there is anything that we raise that might be of interest to someone that you know, feel free to share it with them too, okay? Yeah, cheers, guys, and hope you enjoy the podcast. <laughs> Right, guys um so damien thanks for coming on um well i suppose we'll start off with um with a couple of the questions that some of the guys have said well, sure we can do of course we can um damien just before before um we go to the questions do you do you want to just give a, a little bit of a, an introduction of yourself um and your profession and basically what you specialize in yeah, sure, guys. Uh, first of all, thanks for having us on. Um, I'm, my name is Damien Daly, and I'm a substance misuse outreach worker up here in the Northwest. So um, I work for a small community organization, Ross Inver Youth and Community Project, and we're funded by the Northwest Regional Drug and Alcohol Task Force to provide um, addiction services um, in Leitrim and Donegal. So that gives you a bit of an insight. Cool. Cool. How have you seen, obviously, since we'll, we'll kind of just generalize this from the lockdown has started. How, how have you seen the need for your services over the course of the last year and a half? Yeah, for me, it's been much the same and um, hasn't been one way or the other. You know, well, when the first lockdown came in, kind of everybody kind of thought it was just going to be a couple of weeks. And people said, ah, I'll chat to you in a couple of weeks. I'll be grand kind of thing, you know, but um but talking to colleagues around the country, a lot of people have seen a big upswing in, in demand for services. Um, they're sort of seeing, I suppose, people that, that kind of lower level mental health stuff around social anxieties and stuff like that is then translating into substance misuse. And then people are, are getting in touch with services, seeking out this support, trying to get on top of maybe a bit of a, a bit of a hole they found themselves in, you know? I'm sure, I'm sure, first of all, Damien, thanks, thanks for, for joining us uh, tonight. Um, I'm sure that the lockdown with misuse, or we've had, we've had a few questions from people that were, were, had, had beaten addiction and they're just, lockdown has brought, brought it back to them 
more so like the, uh, just for example this lady she 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 has beaten addiction she actually she, she'd beaten it or thought she'd beaten it many times she actually ended up in in prison and she got out about seven years ago ended up having a child and then she completely bet addiction for the last seven years the child seems to have um put her straight or give her something to, to to live for but she actually says during lockdown the longer lockdown i went on she found the urge to get back into the old habits creeping back in again now she she hasn't um she hasn't fallen for them but she just wants some advice to keep her on the straight and narrow yeah i suppose the the, the first thing there is you know um rightly or wrongly, just the way it is, addiction has a greater burden on mothers and women in general than it does on men. You know, they, 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 you know, that woman talks about having a daughter, you know, the consequences of her relapsing are pretty large. You know what I mean? Like, if, of course, if, of course. Yeah, you know, she relapses and that gets out or, you know, um she's let's say for heaven's sake her child is seven you know what i mean a child is in school or will be in school in september you know if there's a social work referral there she's gonna have two slim on top of her um pretty quick you know they're obviously there to make sure the child isn't in isn't in any danger and you know that's that's a big issue you know for 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 people and then you know a lot of treatment services in ireland are, are geared towards men you know what I mean? There are, there are, it's only very recently there is one treatment center in the country that a woman can attend um, with her child. You know what I mean? Wow. Most treatment. Well, really, there's I'm, only one. I never actually realized that. When you think about it, when you, when people say addiction, you're probably right. And the funny thing is, we had we had a load of a load of questions came in, and we won't even be able to get through all of them. But I'd say eighty percent of them were from actual women. Yeah. Yeah, because they're the, wow. either they're vicious themselves that are living with it, you know, but you think of treatment centers or treatment centers that you may have known of or even treatment centers you've seen in the media, you know what I mean? They're based upon people leaving their lives and going into a treatment center, say, if it's a 28 day problem or six week problem or three month problem, depending on what it is, you know what I mean? That's all fine and dandy if you're <laughs> free and single or somebody to mind the kids. But if you've kids and there's not really more the kids, that's a serious barrier to you attending, you know? Yeah. So yeah. the consequences for this woman are, you know, potentially quite big. So I suppose what I'd say to her is get in touch with services now before it's an issue. You know, get support now and get on top of these urges, these cravings before they translate and, and turn into her actually using, you know? So whether that be she... You know, depending on what part of the country she's living in, there'll be local community organisations that she can get in touch with um, to specialise in addiction orders. Um, there's an organisation I've probably mentioned a few times this evening called Smart Recovery, and they have online-based recovery meetings in the evenings, which really, again, suit a lot of women because they can put kids to bed or whatever, or, you know, if need be, put them in front of a tablet and... and, and uh, or a TV and they can blog online and, and do a recovery meeting. And it means, you know, they're not gone out half the night, you know, by the time they travel to a meeting, do a meeting, travel home. You know, that's again, it's another barrier. So, um, yeah, get in touch with local services uh, or get into a recovery meeting. You know what I mean? She she got on top of 
this issue seven years ago, she knows the answers to mm -hmm. what she needs to do yeah. to, to, to be recovery. So go back to what worked and get in there early before it becomes a bigger issue, you know? Is is there is there ever beating an addiction or is it like this long term management of of a compulsion or how, how would you like are we like because I, I, again that, that might be the way she describes it and beating addiction might be the right way to describe it. But there is something about that. Is it is an addict going to have that compulsion no matter what? And it's about managing that compulsion. Am I, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, uh, no, I get where you're coming from. And I suppose you kind of get very theoretical kind of conversations because in, in addiction, there's a whole bunch of theories. You know what I mean? There's very few facts that you can say, right, that'll fit all people that are in that scenario, you know? So, you know what I mean? Like you turn up to an AA meeting, you know, you'll have some guy there who hasn't touched a drop of drink in 20 years and, you'll, and, and he'll be telling them a story and he'll be describing himself as an alcoholic. You know what I mean? But he hasn't touched a drop of alcohol in 20 years, you know? Yeah. Um, for some people, it can be a lifelong battle. For, um, for some people, it's just a phase that they, that they went into and a phase that they can move out of relatively quickly. Um, in my experience, there does seem to be a bit of a matchup between, you know, younger people who, who get in touch with services, you know, say in their in, in, in their twenties, um, even their early twenties, and they don't have that much of what I'd call a, a drug taking career behind them. You know, they tend to bounce quicker. <laughs> you know, yeah. I remember that yeah. a colleague of mine used to used to say they're made of rubber. You know what I mean? Kind of 12, 18 months of kind of working on themselves and boom, they're, they're back into getting their life back on track, whatever, you know, it is they're aiming for. Whereas you've got somebody who's maybe come to services in their 40s or 50s and maybe they would have started in their early teens. You know what I mean? Like that's that that that's a longer road for for, for people to, to to travel, you know? Is it, is it possible, Damien, to be, we say, an alcoholic or a drug user, or we won't actually not drugs, but an alcoholic for two or three years, go off it. And then 10 years down the line, suddenly you're able to have a glass of wine without you know, falling into addiction or you know, at the weekend, have a glass of wine with dinner and everything is okay. Have you ever seen that? Um, yeah, it's a nice gray answer, I suppose. Um, you know, depends on what you term by an alcoholic, like, you know, I suppose, yeah, I suppose one thing that I, I was thinking about coming on here this evening, I was thinking, like, what's one of the things I want to get across? And one of the things I think that I want to get across is when people are asking themselves, do they have a problem with a substance, you know, forget this idea of, well, they consume this amount so often. Yeah. You know, you can go, right, well, sure, how could I have a problem with a drink? Sure, I only drink four nights. Week, but you're here, man, down the road there, drinking fucking seven nights a week in school and points. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's got a huge problem. Yeah. You know, um, like there's a lady that that that, that uh, a woman that I've worked with, and you know, she might have two bottles of wine a year, maybe, one, maybe two, and it's utter chaos. Okay. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that the impact of those that 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 drinking could last her six months to get back to where she where she was crazy 
wow. the circumstances. So, you know, if people are asking themselves, do they have an issue with substance? Ask about, it's not what substance you're using. It's not how much you're using of it. It's not how often you use it. It's what's the impact on your life? Is it screwing up your relationships with people in your life? Is it affecting your work or your education or whatever you're into? Is it impacting your health? Is it financially putting you under pressure? Do you have dealers hounding you for money? It's those kind of questions rather than, uh, well, I only, you know, I only use once every six months. Yeah, but you're going a massive bender. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cost you see, and the, the traditional way of, 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 of looking at, we'll just say alcoholism or, or drug use is, or even a, a new one would be uh, gambling, I suppose, would be, can you, can you, go a week without drinking or can you go a, a length of time without drinking that's the traditional uh thinking behind alcoholism or whatever or could i could i go into a bookie shop and not have a bet do you, do you know mm. what i'm do you know what i'm saying or do, the next time i go into the bookie shop and i have a bet am i going to stay there all day until everything i have is lost or i've or, or, you know technically won everything that i could possibly win which very rarely happens or never happens um like it was the definition that that's that's what i'm that's what i'm saying i suppose yeah again the definition is about sitting down and having a conversation like if somebody comes to me it's not me telling them you know what i mean I, if somebody comes to me it's about me sitting down with them and going okay tell me about what's going on for you and, and how does that play out in your life and then if they're telling me it's causing chaos left right and center you know what I mean? And you go, yeah, you've got an issue you need to get on top of. But sure, they already knew that. That's what they came to me in the first place. Of course. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they mightn't have the full realization of it. But the kind of thinking that you're describing there, what's the purpose and function of that thinking? Purpose and function of that thinking is returning to using. Like if you have a person, right, who, 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 who they, you know, they are coming to the realization they have a problem with a substance, right? And then they're going, oh, well, I'll go off it for a month. I'll, I'll be good. Moment. I'll be good for a month so I can save up my points to drink or exactly. use. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, we, 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 that we, kind of thinking is to keep using. We've talked about uh, this, me and Pete, about in the past about drinking, about staying off it for so long so that you can, so that you're able to but go on. You're completely... dedicated to the drinking. <laughs> well, the thing is, <laughs> I, I use it as, as, a comic, as a comical thing. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah. I enjoy my pints but if you said look you, you, you can't drink for the next two months I'd say no problem at all mm. that'd be my that'd be my thinking I know I could do it I don't need it I use it socially and yeah and like, like the majority the majority of people, of people yeah, they, yeah. Well, I think what you were saying there about um, about the chaos that ensues and, and that's where you can judge whether you have a problem or not you know, obviously, there's, I'm sure that, as you said, there's many schools of, of thought on that. Is it the chaos that's following you around? Is that is that the problem? Is that a problem with the drink or are you just a bit of an asshole? <laughs> you know, is it there, there's a multi-layered effect? And I suppose the one thing, even from the messages we've got in through the page, there's multiple different layers there as well because as we were talking just before we started a lot of it is because family are concerned yeah with certain the way the way their loved ones are actually um using the using or abusing some of the substances yeah 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 100 
I was um, talking to a lady um, the other day. She was telling me about her her um, her nephew was addicted to drugs, and she brought him to she brought him to some meeting or some expert, and uh, he was sitting there. And people it must have been some sort of a thing, and she was sitting there, and he just couldn't sit. He couldn't sit. He had to leave, and she she wanted to go to for her get counselling as well for what she was doing to him. I mean, she was living with him at the time. And she said there was a lot of people come to the door. It was like love, hate. And, and uh, that's how she described it. But she said he made a great recovery then. But she said he wasn't ready at that time. Do you know what I mean? So you can't really force, you can't bring a horse to water, but you can't make a drink for want of a better term. Do you know what I mean? What do you do in that situation then? If somebody you love is in a dire strait, what do you do then? You just have to, how do you, I suppose, yeah, do you, do you have to wait or like is that is that that intervention always going to be slow to come is it yeah well i suppose look you got a, you got a lot of stuff going on there you've you've, you've got this family member who 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 um and this say in this case your case peter the, the aunt you know she's she's under massive pressure you know what i mean and, and, and all of her focus is on the nephew if the nephew sorts himself out that'll make all of her problems go away, which is fairly logical from her point of view. The only flaw with it is, is the nephew's having a great time getting off his head. There's <laughs> no intention, no intention yeah. nothing. Because for him, the consequences haven't got high enough yet. You know? So then what does a family member do? They want this person to stop. They won't stop. And there's all this stuff going on. They're having to live with them. They worry every time they go out the door. They're, they're, they're walking around on eggshells in the house because every time your man, the nephew, say for argument's sake, is coming down off stuff, he's like a bloody bear and is liable to, to kick off and smash stuff or smash the place up or whatever, you know, or there's dealers coming to the house. Imagine, like, you know, your own home and somebody's coming to the door and going, you don't give me 10 grand, I'm going to burn the place down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, there isn't a credit union in the country that have, doesn't have drug debts on, it, on its books. Wow, yeah, yeah. You know, years ago, you talk to say older people, older um, drug workers. You know what I mean? They talk about the eighties and nineties. You know what I mean? Somebody would run up a debt, um, and the dealers would come looking for the money and say that the person who owed the money disappeared or whatever. That was it. The debt was just effectively written off. But that doesn't happen anymore. You know what I mean? The the, the dealers are, are saying are, are transferring the debt to the family. Wow. You know, and they're saying your son or your daughter or your whatever has knocked up a, a huge amount of debt and we want our money back. And you've got family members scrambling around to get money together or running down the credit union to borrow money to pay off pay off these pay off these dealers. Wow. That, that's that's mental. I suppose do addicts realize do they have a, are they corpus mentis when when it comes to that sort of thing like that if if they fuck up it's all it also falls back on on, on their families with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think the, the, the one thing you got to realize, people who are in that kind of abusive relationship with substances, is, is the role of denial. You know, an addict has to engage or, you know, a person who's using has to engage in, in serious denial in order to keep it going. But I mean, right. So, you know, it's very difficult for a human being to turn around and go, uh, I'm going to go out now and I'm going to buy stuff while I'm tick. I'm going to keep doing that, knowing that my mother is going to be burned out of her house. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They have to sell themselves a story that, isn't it'll be grand i'll pay it off i'll be sure it's 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 double week next week yeah and i'll get on top of it then or do you know what i mean they're going they're in for a windfall of cash from a claim or, or whatever you know what i mean or i'll get a job next week it'll be fine that job's coming through she'll make down the road home he'll take me on i'll yeah. get on top of it then. or this is my last time i'm just having one last blowout you know they have to tell themselves this story to allow yeah, them to yeah do yeah 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 it's like that eternal optimist as well. Like I, I know people that every time that it's, it's like, it's, it's a different example of it though. Every time they do the lotto, they're going to win it. I mean, they're going to win it. There's no doubt about it. Tomorrow, Saturday night, I'm going to win the lotto. It's, it's a done deal, you know, in their heads. And then they're like shocked on Sunday when they haven't won, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. you know, and, 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 and there's just that, that attitude that it'll all be all right eventually until it's not all right yeah until reality comes crashing down yeah yeah. You know? yeah yeah is there is you you mentioned online meetings and then there's the physical meetings where you're actually in a room with people mm. is it much more beneficial to meet people in a room where everyone can see each other you can read emotions you can read faces better or is is the online catching up um it's 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 horses for courses and this is where this is one of the positive things that's come out of covid before uh drug and alcohol services in ireland were very much geared towards in person you just met people in person that's the way it worked you set an appointment they came into you or you went and met them whatever way it worked and then all of a sudden covid hit and and we all went into a scramble like everybody else and we're like right you know how do we connect with people if we can't actually see them and we started doing, you know, Zoom meetings or just over the phone. Or, and then we, we started running uh, meetings online and, you know, group recovery meetings online and stuff like that. And there's really interesting stuff, stuff out of it. There's definitely a bunch of people it just does not work for. You know what I mean? They need the in-person stuff. They need, as you say, they need to read the emotions. They need that human connection. They need the chat at the cup of tea beforehand. They need the bit of crack afterwards or whatever, you know. Um, but then there's this big bunch of people that it really, really works for. And then there's another bunch of people that it actually works better for. Okay. Because it's, it, it has way less impact on their life. 
you know like you can get you know if you talk to people that go to AA and like some people will go you know AA have a thing with 90 meetings in 90 days you know and they're talking about in-person meetings you know so yeah. like say you have a lad there in, in in I don't know Swinford you know what I mean and you know grand right there's a meeting in Swinford on Friday night but on Saturday night he has to go to Westport, and on Sunday night he has to go to Belmulla, and on, on on Monday night he has to go. That's to a major. Anna. That's a major commitment for anyone. It's, <laughs> for a, yeah. it's a lot of driving as well. Yeah, huge amount of driving. Now, there's the benefits, I suppose, in your early days. It takes up your whole evening. It's distraction. Yes, you know yeah, what I mean? yes, 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 of course. Yes. Yeah. But um, but again, you know what I mean. If you don't have all the evening, if you're if you have kids, that's not viable. So how? Or if an you don't have the money. You don't have the money, you don't have access to transport, you lost the bloody license. That's the, that's the yeah. reason why you're going to AA. That was your moment where you went, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose you, d- you did say earlier on that we forget about addicts. We say that mothers, that they have, they have a, ju- a duty for their kids as well, that like 99.9% of mothers, no matter if they're you know, addicts or not, try their their level best mothers are just irish mothers are just incredible um they have that duty as well what, on top of what's going on for addicts but that's it you know what i mean like like you know yes of course there are men out there who are facing addiction issues and the primary caregivers out there yeah that's true too you know what i mean there are that but the, the majority tend to be tend to be females um you know and this online stuff has been great for them and, you know, and over the phone services have been absolutely fantastic for them because they can get a meeting in the middle of the day when the kids are in are in play school or in, in school or whatever, you yes. know. Yes. Um, you know, or, or fellas, fellas that are still working, maybe, you know what I mean, the substance has been an issue for them, but they haven't lost the job. Yeah. You know that, what I mean? And, high and, functioning, alcoholic, that would have been, well, that would have, would have been used to be classed as that high functioning alcoholic or drug taker. I would still go into work every day and maybe in a very good, well-paying job as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And again, online meetings work great for them. The other thing is, you know, what online meetings can be beneficial for as well. Some people would, would be in jobs where they'd be seriously concerned about um, meeting people from their own local area. So, you know, you go to your own yeah, local area. Yeah, yeah, of course. They go, you know, they would have a sense of shame around it or, or they'd fear that people would know, whereas they can go uh, and log on to a meeting. Um, and that could be a meeting in America. They could be doing a yes. meeting out of California at seven in the morning before work or whatever. You know what I mean? That's brilliant. Was, on, on, the fl- on, the, on the flip side of that small town attitude um, towards having a problem, there, then have we normalized uh, addiction in this country a little bit like especially with alcohol and maybe even now i've noticed maybe even with cocaine use it just seems to be so so prevalent and no one seems to bat an eyelid anymore um yeah in one sense yes you know as in use is is of, especially of cocaine is is quite high but in the other sense no because especially with alcohol because you know, society still has this attitude where we look down on people that use drugs, you know, but statistics don't lie. For every for every one person in this country that we, we have that dies of, uh, of a drug-related death, we have two that die of alcohol-related deaths. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and think of all the resources as a society we spend on trying to control um, drug use um, compared to the resources we're spending on trying to control alcohol use. Mm-hmm. When, when, we, when it comes to legislation and how we legislate against um, people taking drugs or what people do when they're drunk, you know, do you think that the legislation in Ireland is relevant enough and works within the society? Because it, it obviously, as you said, it stigmatizes certain ways of doing stuff. Maybe heavy drug use in certain sections of society. We're talking about working class parts of the society where, where um, very heavy drug use on a daily basis might be very high. And are they getting enough of the services um, handed to them? Or, you know, is the court, court system up to date and how to deal with dr- drug addiction? Or, you know, like, is there systems like they have in Portugal where they've decriminalized um, drug use and they take it out of the penal system to in and try and give them adequate healthcare solutions instead of, you know, putting them in prison or whatever? Jesus, nice, nice, handy, small question. I was waiting around for the, for the for, for that. <laughs> You know, simple questions. That's it. <laughs> Look, I think I think we all know, um, and, and and there's plenty of media stuff out there on by any metric. You know, the war on drugs. Its outcomes have been pretty poor, you know. Every I think anybody will accept that. You know what I mean? You look at the availability of drugs. You look at the price of drugs. You know what I mean? All most of the metrics have gone in the wrong direction for what they they would want. You know, but um, I think the interesting thing is everybody's talking about this Portuguese model as the way forward. You know, and and um, it's an interesting model, but for me. There's a more interesting model that nobody's talking about, and, and, and that's that's a model that they had in Iceland. And for me, that's the really interesting one, um, you know, because because there's different models out there that different countries have applied, and the outcomes, you know, are say marginally better than the criminalization, you know, war on drugs approach, um, but they're not spectacularly better results. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they you know, you come and go, wow, that's outstanding. You know what I mean? They do deliver benefits. There's no doubt they, they have proven different benefits. But the Iceland approach is is really interesting. Um, what is the Iceland approach compared to here? What is what do they do differently? It's real community driven. Um, they they back in seemingly the 90s, they had the highest level of alcohol use in 15 year olds of, of any country in Europe. Mm-hmm. And then smoking likewise and weed use or hash use, what it would have been back then was pretty high too. Um, and really interestingly, what they done was rather than concentrating the kids that were using or that were, that were, that were getting drunk or, or smoking or, or using drugs, they, they went to all the kids that weren't and they said, right, well, what's going on with these kids? Why are they not getting smashed on a Friday night? You know, and um they found out that they were engaged in organized um, uh, supervised activity minimum three times a week. And 
so what they then done was they turned around and um, pumped money into every club and society in the country and went to every kid one by one. Says, what do you do? What are you into? You know what I mean? Um, are you into yeah. boxing? Are you into football? Are you into drama? Are you into gymnastics? Are you into bloody tiddlywinks? It doesn't matter. Get them in. And then they done a bunch of other stuff as well. It wasn't just as simple as that. Like they, they went to low income families and they gave them a credit card that I think it's, if I remember right, it's something like 250 pounds of credit on it that a family could go use for rec recreational activities. So oh, if you wanted, cool. to bring, wanted to bring your kids bowling, if you wanted to bring your kids um, uh, cinema or swimming or whatever, you could get into leisure centers, all these kind of places with this card. Fantastic you know? idea. Yeah, and so they challenged this, this parenting idea of quality time, and they said, that's utter nonsense. They said, it's quantity of time, being with your kids. Yeah. And then they also looked at kids um, being out at night, and they came up with, I think, the, effectively a curfew for, for, for kids, was it under 16 or under 18, and basically said they had no business being out past 12 o'clock at night in the summer, only accompanied by an adult, and no business being out, I think it was past 10 o'clock at night in the winter. Um, wow. Wow. Um, and they, they, I think they have their numbers of, of kids um, that were basically abused and alcohol, drugs and cigarettes. You see, um, it, it feels like a little bit of common sense, doesn't it? it, it Keep it's not it rocket busy. science, is it? No, it, it, like get the kids busy. Like, uh, yeah. It's, it's like because you're, you're fighting against a losing battle when you're when you're when you're taking fun away from someone. It's like giving a, a five or six year old sweets. You're doing it. You're taking them sweets away for their own good, but they don't understand that. You know yeah. that, that that's what they crave at that particular time, and you're you're trying to do them a favor. So you're fighting a losing battle. So, it, but if you replace if you replace that with something like that recreation and make and and give them a, an, another option. Uh, that just makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Supposedly, the um, this generation of of I'm not into soccer, but supposedly a generation of Icelandic soccer players that are coming through and that beat England in in twenty sixteen. Yeah, 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 I think I remember. Yes, yeah, seemingly that's off the back of the um, partially off the back of that huge trust of investment into wow. facilities yeah. wow. that was driven partly by that by that policy, not totally you know what i mean but it influenced policy you know and there was money there for for those clubs to draw down you know i, I yeah. suppose in a way it's a perfect like a country like iceland with a small population of <clears throat> three hundred thousand people is a perfect microcosm almost to trial something like that as well did you did you eat a dictionary before hey man i'm just <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to someone intelligent for a change. Big <laughs> fancy words. Well, uh, can we can we go back to the de decriminalization? So my I have a basic understanding of this is you're criminalized now in, in Ireland if you get caught with drugs. Eventually, if you get caught and get caught with drugs, and say in the young fella he might go to prison, and then he might get into more trouble in prison, and then he comes out. And he's learned all, or he's got into them habits, them bad habits in prison. Um, so the Portuguese model is what exactly? They don't criminalize it if you get caught with drugs. There's a free ban on it, or a free, um, free amnesty, or is it? No, it's, it's, it's a little bit more, well, my understanding of it's a little bit more complicated than that. And first of all, I suppose the first thing is, 
decriminalization is not legalization. They're two yes. totally different things, and people often throw them in together and uh, as if they're the same thing, and they're not. Like decriminalization is you're caught with something, we're going to take it off you, and it's going and 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 in the Portuguese model, there still are some consequences. There's not a criminal record. That doesn't mean you can walk into a shop and 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 buy weed like you can in Amsterdam or Colorado or, or wherever. You know, legalization is you can you can go and purchase it from a government approved place. So yeah, you know, two totally different things. And um, my understanding of the the Portuguese model is you're caught with stuff, you basically get referred to services, and um. You get basically they they look at you from a health point of view and go okay do you've got educational problems do you've housing problems do you have mental health problems and they seek to offer you support in those areas and um, that's my understanding of the Portuguese uh, model and they've done it for all drugs as far as I understand you yeah. know so and it's, you not, think it's not just weed or whatever or, you know and you, do you think that that could come into Ireland and be successful or would we go along more along the lines of the Iceland model? Uh, nobody seems to be talking about the Iceland model. Um, I think the Western Regional Drug Task Force are doing a pilot of it, but that's about as much as I know uh, or heard of in Ireland. There was talk that we were decriminal or decriminalizing possession of weed, um, but I, it's not been enacted as, as, as far as I'm aware, and that people caught with weed were going to get referred to addiction services. Um, but um, I've, I've heard nothing from from like high level government down that this has actually been implemented yet. Um, but the thing, the problem with 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 our current model is it's been implemented very, um, you could argue, unfairly. Like if you look at the Garda statistics for possession charges, they're wildly different from Garda division to division. Like if you're a young fella in in Dublin one, um, in that Garda division, like they have huge numbers of personal possession charges. Whereas you could be in another area of Dublin and they've they've the same population, same number of guards, and they've got way less numbers of personal possession. Uh, charges being put towards the courts so it's been implemented very unevenly across the country and there's probably an inherent unfairness in that you know and why do you think that is um it's probably different garden managers you know pushing pushing different priorities um i would imagine um well the, the other know, side of it is that dublin one in particular is some of the rougher lower demographics in in dublin anyway like you're you're very working class socially it's a, it's a bit of dublin. hey that's harsh man <laughs> that's harsh <laughs> I'm joking. no but it's like you if you're comparing sheriff street to black rock you're going to see a very big difference in the way they might be policed yeah true but there's not a huge difference between sheriff street and jobstown of course not yeah you know what I mean? So yeah, no, I take your points that, that, that there is different, different, different approaches taken to different areas, but there does seem to be some standout contrasts in in, in those figures. Okay. Um, and the impacts it does have on young people, like, you know, the criminal record is still is still a big barrier for people. You know what I mean? Um, and also, you know, 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I don't wonder the value. I remember working with a young fella when I worked in Dublin one time. And I don't know how many times he'd been caught with weed. I could have been caught 10 or 12 times or something. And he was up in front of a judge the 10 or 12th time. And every time the judge goes, right, donation to the poor box, donation to the poor box kind of thing, he was giving him a couple of hundred quid at a time the man had to, to throw in. But eventually the judge says, look, this is your, I don't know, 10 or 12th time up. He says, if you're up in front of me again, I'm going to jail you. Wow. You know, and he says, you know, but... No, what's the value of that? You yeah. know, the guy's got an issue, clearly addicted to weed. Yeah. He, 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 he was coming into us to, to try to address that, you know. Um, he was working, he was employed. You know, it's just every time that his local guards saw him, they stopped him, they searched him, found him with a, with, with a relatively small amount of weed, sometimes as little as a joint, and then they were putting him through as a charge. Yeah, it's a sort of yeah, waste of your own time there. Time and does, does, is there is there some sort of like uh, I'm not dismissing guards now. Guards have a tough job and everything, but is there a scoreboard like we've caught so many lads today, like and Johnny the guard is trying to get better than other, and it's like, oh well, there's Steve. He always has weed. Am I going to catch him? <laughs> but there's definitely an arrest rate. They they have a, a certain arrest rate that they're supposed to. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, do they have a Is it different in rural areas? Sorry, uh, we're, we're bombarding yeah. you with questions now. Yeah, I've no idea, but like it just, I think it depends on the guard, you know what I mean? Um, they're probably motivated, maybe, maybe the guard, a great motivation, thinking eventually this fellow will get the bloody idea and get on top of it. But at the same time, I've had other guards ring me and go, Listen, there's this fella, you know, he's got a huge problem, he's uh, and he's gonna die if he if, if he doesn't get help. Will you, will, you, will you get in touch with him and you work with him? Do you know what I mean? So, you know, I'm not certainly not slaving guards by no Oh, Christ, no, no, no. Oh. You know, no, you do get people who, guards who ring me up and, you know, they know themselves that, 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 that the criminal justice approach is, 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 has its limitations, you know what I mean? And they want to see people get sorted, you know? Yeah, of course. I, I think it, just one thing that was, when, when we're talking about, like, we're talking about legislation and trying to give people dignity within within the legislation i think that's almost lacking in our current legislation that you're almost um you're if you're kind of labeled and if you do get a criminal record it'll follow you around like you know so it's like i think everyone as you said at the start there has to be a change somewhere but do you, 
like I, I, I used to live with this guy who uh, was a major part. Of, he, he's a, he was an assistant to one of the ministers and he was massively against even the Portuguese model, never mind the Icelandic model or, or say legalizing things like legalizing weed like Colorado or, or, or um, Amsterdam because he was um, part of Fine Gael and it, he just thought that most people of their voting block will never get on board with that. Do you think that there'll have to be almost a societal change and like our generation gets a little bit older and gets on board with this before we see any changes at all? Like, Yeah, well, look, any change is in the law is going to be ultimately driven by politicians. That's, that's how the system works. So, you know, on, on, until... Um, until you get a politician who who i suppose it's it's their main issue that they yeah, want to drive change on yeah and, and and the system's gonna gonna operate like you know we, we we've seen minority parties get what they want because they were the power brokers so maybe yeah, it'll, it'll happen something like that sometime or may it could well be driven within one change could come from within one of the major parties it's 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 not impossible either you know, yeah. but it's one of the one of the, the questions here as well. Um, there's a, a lad contacted us, a lad this time, uh, and he's watching his mother for the last two years fall into alcoholism. What happened was she retired. She retired a, a couple of years ago um, and suddenly she's found herself relying more and more on alcohol and she wasn't a drink the thing is she wasn't a drinker beforehand and he is there any advice you can give him to how to help her yeah well i suppose that that's his goal isn't it yeah his goal is he wants her to 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 get herself sorted mm-hmm. now i suppose the difficulty is that may not be her goal that may not be her plan and you know, kind of say to people in in who I'm working with, you know what I mean? If this ain't your plan, it ain't worth it down. You know what I mean? Because right. if, 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 if they're not buying into the plan, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we can sit here around here and chat about it and we could have this guy come on and chat about it and we're all chatting about this woman's problems, but she's not in the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Talking about yeah. You know what I mean? So... I suppose what's the goal? His goal is 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 her to stop, um, and uh, but the process to do that is probably to get some 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 kind of help, um, but I suppose to, to step back from that and look at well, what's the impact happening on this guy? You know, is he living with his mother? You know, is every time he goes out to work, say for argument's sake, and she's drinking herself there, is he wondering is she going to come home and? You know, or passed out, or injured. Yeah, I, I, got, I get the impression that this this lad is living with with the mother. So he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and also imagine the impact of that. Imagine you being, you know, in this guy's shoes, and you and you thinking, I can never have one of my mates around the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, I don't want them seeing me mother in that state. Yeah, you yeah. I mean, you think, think of how isolating that becomes. You know, or. Everybody in the town or village knows she has a problem. The secret's out. And for him, he just doesn't want people asking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how she is. And then to stop people asking, he stops going out. 
Yeah. You know, and that's where the kind of real impact on families, they become really isolated, you know. Um, and what I'd say to him is, 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 is to reach out to, to services for him and how he can manage okay. because he's got to manage the impact on his life. And then when she's ready, he can, you know, go, well, this is the number of a person or this is a meeting or this is a service you can contact or whatever. But at the moment, the only person who wants to change is him. Yeah, so he needs to strengthen strengthen his own mindset up. Yeah, and and um, there is an organization called Smart Recovery, and they have they do online meetings for family and friends of people that have stuff, and that's usually a good place. So maybe you can send that link on to you. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll uh, we'll share that link with with this podcast. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. it'll be in yeah. the description. Um, tell us about the process of actually counselling. Sorry, now we're bombarding you with questions, but we'll keep it, we'll, we'll keep it nice and flowy as well, you know. But um, tell us the actual process of actually counselling somebody. Um, how, like, I know individual basis probably take longer, but is it the cognitive behavioural therapy? Do you use that? Or is there different approaches? Or Yeah, there's different approaches, I probably suppose, brought by different organisations, you know what I mean? So a lot of the treatment centres will be 12-step, which would be your AA-based models, you know, Um, whereas, um, say, a lot more of the day services or the HSE services will be based on cognitive behavioural therapy models. That's kind of, that'd be the model that I, I would work on, you know? Okay, okay. And I just have a layman's term on what actually cognitive behavioural therapy is. I was just proud of myself that I pronounced it right. Can you give us a breakdown break of what it actually is if somebody's listening and they want to read up on it or something? Can you? How would you use that in a practical sense? Okay, yeah. So, so look, I suppose to start off, cognitive therapy, it's been around for, I don't know, 40, 50 years at this stage. And it is the leading, what we call evidence-based therapy for a whole range of issues, depression, anxiety, true to addictions and various mental health issues like bipolar and borderline personality disorder. And then there's branches of CBT as well. It gets a bit more complicated, but um, yeah, what I mean by evidence-based, you know what I mean? It, there's been big studies done on, on it, you know, huge numbers of participants going, does this stuff work? And the answer is, yeah, it does, you know? Um, so what it is, is cognitive therapy really looks at well what are a person's behaviors you know what i mean see somebody can be saying one thing and doing another and usually what they're doing is a greater indication of where their head's at ah yeah i i i'm, I'm this is my last point yeah yeah action so what's somebody's behaviors right that's a kind of an indication of where they're at and also you know so behaviors are easy easier to measure somebody's either doing something or they're not you know what i mean somebody's either um you know say if they if they have depression they're either getting up out of bed and going to work or they're not it's pretty easy to say Mm -hmm. you know did did somebody do something or not so it's measurable you know what i mean so a, a, a good cbt therapist will sit down with somebody and go right tell us about your life tell us what the issues are and okay let's get a measurement of where you're at which is usually a set of behaviors and that's your baseline okay so you've established where you're at and then you sit down with the person and go okay where do we want to be you know what i mean so a month a couple of months down the line you know what do you what are we going to improve on here 
And then it's about coming up with the person, coming up with a bunch of strategies on how do you get from A to B. Okay. That I suppose some some of the thought on like on how people tackle addiction like when if you had asked me how someone tackled drugs or drug addiction when i was 15 i would have said like train spotting when renton was falling through the bed yes, you know? yes, yes, <laughs> that, yes. that would have been the good there, there was this thing of like drying out like years ago they go oh, he's gone in he's drying out i was like, drying I was out for a, a week I was, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I was like i never watched what is it? Is, is it an orange or something or is it fruit or, I, I couldn't understand it as a kid or you know they had all these euphemisms for addict, like he's fond of the drink or like he's, she's bad with the nerves do you know what i mean irish people have a great way of saying stuff without saying stuff do you know what i mean <laughs> but like is do people still do interventions or is that just in the movies um still do interventions that's what families do you know that whole american yeah. program of of you know they create this false the greatest family. cry ever big come yeah this big uh confrontation you know and, and they say what you want to say and then the person ends up storming out and all that kind of stuff so i suppose people are influenced by media and think that's the approach they they, they should take and sure work for somebody somewhere at some time but yes, I, yes. I, I wouldn't be i wouldn't be uh i wouldn't be advocating to put it that way you know see my my okay, approach, okay. My it approach. might antagonize the person it might it might antagonize the person and they might just never go for help then or they Maybe. they might yeah they might close off just yeah. fuck it off see my my approach to fighting addiction is the old-fashioned way cold turkey just like get, do it that that's mm. but I, i'm not that is for me wishful probably wishful thinking on behalf of other people that i might have known in the past or know now my my, my attitude is my attitude is just just do it just just beat it but you're a professional so it's, it's okay <laughs> but yeah, do you know what i mean like it's yeah. like it's just get on with it sort of thing yeah go for a run is, i, I is, think is i thing. think we all know that life isn't as linear as that yeah. as right just do it go for a run yeah yeah, yeah and we'll see yeah. you on the other side <laughs> just, uh, step over lip kind of just get on with it. that doesn't you know that's that's uh repressing whatever's going on i think yeah it can be and so for some people it works yeah. Yeah. you know what i mean some people just falling through it but it depends on depends on what you're made of and what brought you to that point and some people some people enjoy hardship you know what I mean? Some people love a bit of, you know, that pain you get from training. Like some yeah. lads go on a mad bend or a coke and they know they're in the depths and they know the only way they're getting through it is is is, is, is to get their endorphins going and, and they do a mad amount of training and they just, you know, they can they can put up with the 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 pain. They can, you know, you you know, lads will be training in their early twenties and they go, ah yeah, sure. Went for a lot of points the night before and They'll do half a lap of a field and puke up yes, and then yes. just keep going by grand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Horses for courses, you know. But well, I'm glad you brought generally... that up, Stephen. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. generally, I suppose you've, you've got two approaches. You've got is is somebody aim, aiming for abstinence or is somebody aiming for harm reduction? And, you know, abstinence is, is black and white. You know, they're either using or they're not. Harm reduction is a little bit kind of grayer 
and um, but it can be just as useful because for some people abstinence for where they're at is just not realistic then just stop it's just not going to happen so yeah. how do you help yeah. them pull it back a bit how do you help them you know take away some of those really negative impacts try to get a bit of a grip in it and see how they go then you know have you ever can you tell the difference between someone that's that's using it have you ever dealt with people that are using the fact that they're addicts are addicted to something or they're not really addicts but they're just using it as, a, as an excuse <laughs> in life this earlier, yeah right. but but like or maybe just attention seeking yeah or they're just assholes and they're just using that as an excuse how, how do you mean give us a bit more there well like i i, I over my years I've, I've dealt with people that have used a problem that they've had and you know it'd be more that they just didn't want to work you know <laughs> you know or or it was an excuse not to get their lives together even though they were well capable of doing it and in my opinion weren't really alcoholics or i know a fella that said he was an alcoholic for years because someone else in in his uh circle was an alcoholic yeah and, and he said oh sure i'm he's a he's one of these days uh, one upmanship is top yeah. level well, i'm a better alcoholic <laughs> i'm a better yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> you know like and it, it was almost an excuse for him just to be a, an asshole to people in and they go oh sure he's an alcoholic it's grand yeah i suppose it depends on 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 this this um idea of an alcoholic you know what i mean call somebody calling somebody an alcoholic or them calling themselves an alcoholic you know that's just one theory of addiction there's an awful lot of evidence to support that theory, but also there's a load of evidence that 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 means it's, it's totally bullshit. Yeah, you know. So and that's and that's not me, by the way, lightening you know the addiction. I'm just making an example of of one or two examples that I know of. So, yeah. yeah, like you have the AA approach, right? And and they will say, you know, you need to admit you're 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 an alcoholic. That's fine. That's their approach, and. You know, God only knows how many million people have been through AA and it's worked for them. But at the same time, a cognitive behavioral therapy approach would say, you know, you are what you tell yourself you are. So if you keep you keep saying to yourself every day, you know, I'm an alcoholic or I'm a drug user, well then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. know, whereas you know, so so say somebody from from would would try to get people to describe their their what we call a relationship with a substance you know what i mean is that relationship is it is it are they using it and and you know they're kind of getting away with it and it's grand are they abusing it or are they dependent on it where are they on that spectrum you know um and and, and really look at getting into the detail of of, of, of how they use Okay, yeah, because they always seem to be like a religious component. I think I mentioned this before the last time I talked to you. There seems to be this kind of religious component with the 12 steps. I don't fully understand it, so maybe I shouldn't be talking about it, but I'm just asking a question. It's kind of like it always have to uh, accept stuff and then there's a higher, higher power. But what if somebody isn't religious? What if somebody is atheist and they don't have that belief? 
Can yeah. you stay there? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Can they still um, do 12 steps? Um, they can do, and people have. Yet there's no shortage of people who, 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 who don't believe in God and have gone into, you know, a 12-step program and got something out of it. But there are alternatives there, you know. Um, there are treatment centers that are not 12-step based. And, and as I say, most HSE services um, or HSE funded services are not 12-step based. You know what I mean? They'd be more cognitive behavioral therapy based. So, you know, they wouldn't have that higher power or the 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 opening prayer or that kind of stuff that, that um, AA would have. Again, look, you know, AA's worked for huge volume of people. You know, it's it's very much horses for courses, you know. Yeah. For for yourself, do do you think that there's um been a societal change in the way people empathize with people with addiction issues? Or do you think that we're still kind of divided on how people should be approached that way? Um I suppose it kind of goes back to your what you were earlier saying. If if we had this societal great empathetic approach we would have passed the decriminalization legislation by now we'd have our supervised injection centers we'd have services that have sufficient funding for the for the level of demand that's there and um, not all of those boxes are ticked i suppose so i suppose we're we've looked there's no doubt we've 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 come a long way and we do have you know needle exchange services and, and that kind of stuff that that you know, a lot of people fought for years to get them in and, and they were fought tooth and nail on the other side, but they're there, you know, so, and there is funding there for services, and there is no doubt, you know, so. With, with the needle exchanges and the supervised injection centres and stuff, um, are they, I know, I know there was, was there one based on Marlborough Street um, or was that a methadone clinic? But I think, I think there was a few that were dotted around Dublin, wasn't there? Right. Um, the number of methadone clinics started around Dublin and um, we don't have a supervised injection centre yet okay. in, in the country um, you know but I think that's that's the real thing about addiction is that um, opioid users tend to get you know it tends or opioid services tend to generate a huge amount of controversy and use mm. but really when it comes down to the number of people in the country that have addiction related issues, opioid users are a tiny fraction of people. Yeah. Okay. You know, tiny fraction of, 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 of users. Now, don't get me wrong, there's huge issues related to that. Do you know what I mean? But again, you know, the number of opioid users in, in the country compared to the number of people that have, a, have an issue with alcohol, you know, it's, I don't know what the ratio is. But is, is there such thing as a hopeless case, like someone that doesn't want? to be fixed um i think i think you can't predict it you know what i mean i've had people come in and and, and like that i've done an assessment with them and I, you kind of come out with the assessment you go holy jesus that person has been dealt 
some hand since the day they arrived on this yeah. earth, you know what I mean? And, and you go, it'll take something else to come back from that. And they do. And likewise, you could do another assessment with another fella and, and you're going to go, ah, that's, you know what I mean? It hasn't has had a fairly, fairly all right background behind them and not a huge long issue or whatever. And, and they just keep sinking yeah. into it. Because, you know? I, because so, the reason I asked that is when, when we said we were going to do this type of podcast, I was talking to, to a girl about it and she maintained that there are actually some people that just cannot be fixed or don't want to be fixed. Mm. well if they don't want to be there's nothing you can do yeah you know what i mean if they don't want it you know i was on the phone to a guy this week and he referred to me by a hospital and he's sitting in a hospital up in dublin you know and uh he was like no i'm grand i'm gonna do this by myself okay fair enough okay up until <laughs> now, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like uh when are you getting home next week he says, well, sure, right sure i might give you a ring next week and see how you're getting on you know that was yeah. the best I could get out of them, you know. Do you agree to another phone call? But like, can we can we more. do one one more question? Uh, there's there's a few there, but we'll we'll do one more. And this this lady, it's 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 something different, and that's why I wanted want to do this one. We've addressed most the questions that we would have been sent in over the last hour. This lady's husband's brother committed suicide because of addiction, or through addiction, okay. or he got. Uh, depressed and eventually took his own life and but it's turned the husband into this one of these nearly a recluse that he doesn't go to any f- functions or any any family events or he won't put himself in even though he, he had no problem at all with alcohol or anything like that suddenly what they had social life now they've no social life and because he's afraid that he'll fall in to the same problems as his brother did and it's starting to it's starting to affect the, the marriage. Is there any advice you can give her for him? Or yeah. um yeah, I'd wonder it'd be interesting to talk to him all right and see what his his thinking on around it is. Is it a bit more complicated than you know he's destined, you know, if yeah. he goes to somewhere that serves alcohol, he's he, it's just destiny that he's gonna end up with a serious problem and committing suicide or whatever you know yeah, yeah. i when i i hear that i'm i'm wondering about um suicide and i'm wondering about stigma and shame around okay. around that you know and is this guy struggling you know we still have the societal stigma and shame around self-harming and, and, and suicide and i wonder is he struggling with that as much as this this idea that he's going to end up you know okay. um having this huge issue is is he not going to these family events because he doesn't want somebody asking oh geez how are you getting on about your brother's death and yeah you know and, and how did he do it and who found them and all the ins and outs and he's just going i don't want to answer any of this stuff you yeah. know it's too painful too raw anyone know? that asks that is asking too fucking much anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably it does, but, but it, it does happen it is and, and, and people don't mean any harm by it it's like the elephant in the room sometimes you know yeah, yeah. well see did you're damned if you don't yeah it's interesting because um there's this american researcher uh Bernie Brown, Dr. Bernie Brown, and, and she has a couple of YouTube talks that are really good. She, she's researched um, Shane, and she she talks with Shane in terms of um, 
well, what's what's the kind of factors that 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 um, allow shame to grow and to foster? You know, it's kind of talks about like plant, like you know, what what's what does it need in order to grow? And she's saying like the the, the key component of shame is secrecy. Wow. Wow. So you think of anything in your in in your life or what you know of that people would have shame about? Secrecy is a huge element of telling nobody. You know, think of somebody who's been sexually abused. You don't want anybody knowing. Yeah. Shame. Got to keep it a secret. Got to keep it locked down. Don't let anybody know. And consequently, she talks about the antidote to shame being being human connection. So actually talking to somebody about it. So the very thing that you don't want to do is the thing you need to do in order to take something of it away. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of getting back to this woman and, 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 her, and her, her, her partner or husband, you know, I'd be thinking um, PA the house, offer, offer counselling services for people that have, have suffered bereavement from suicide. And the HSE has a bereavement counselling service that you can access through your GP. And, um, you know, so those, so those will maybe be good starting places, you know, in terms of yeah, which, just which, providing a safe space for somebody to talk to, to start to take away some of those. Which we'll try and add, we'll, we'll try and add them links. Add it. Yeah, all, we'll, add all them. Links, we'll, we'll add, put in a lot of links in the description. Yeah. So if anyone has a particular need for a service or, or knows someone. Um, I have a quick question for you and we better let you go because it's getting late and uh, I'm sure you have other things to be doing. <laughs> talk to us three wankers <laughs> but uh, uh, how two questions how did you get into it and uh, what inspired you to get into it and uh, how do you look after yourself when you're hearing about such tough hard cases and about their life how do you look after yourself um, does, it take a toll? Does, does it take a toll on you um, it can do um, when you're in any kind of caring profession, they 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 talk about um self care. You know, I mean, basically a bunch of things that you need to do to keep yourself right. You know, keep your head right and prevent burnout. I suppose you know. And um, we, I would have what's called clinical supervision once a month. So once a month, I'd sit down with a counselor myself, and if I'm struggling with a client or, you know, kind of struggling how to approach them or whatever you have that support there you know um but it's very much about just trying to keep your your life in balance you know try not to do overtime too often and make sure you get you, you you get out for your exercise or whatever you know trying to um keep work at work try not to let it filter into your life a bit harder now working from home during a pandemic used yeah, to be very yeah. well, of course you know I mean? that separation yeah. is pain, you know the, the car journey home was great for switching your head off and working into your own life, you know what I mean? But don't have that anymore. So it's, it's you could listen to the Dead Hedgehogs podcast on the way as well, which is great. <laughs> Shameless <laughs> plug. Yeah. Please like this. Please like this. <laughs> yeah. I, I used to find like the, the car great as well. Say again? I used to find the, the car great, especially when I used to come down from Dublin. It was a complete switch off. Yeah, because there's yeah. nothing else you can do bar actually be in your own thoughts or go for a run. Like that's my that's my answer to <laughs> everything. Ev he eventually got it in. He eventually go to advice. Go to advice. Whatever your form of exercise is, but for me, it's getting out on a mountain bike. You know, um, going down to Union Wood here in Sligo. You know, and getting oh my blast. god, I'm going there Saturday. I was there last week. What a beautiful spot. That's cracking, isn't Gorgeous. it? Gorgeous. 
Yeah. Feels so strange, yeah. It is. It's just about finding your thing, whether it's running, whether it's bringing the dog for a walk, whether it's going for a bike. But yeah, there's very few people felt worse after coming back from from a bit of physical activity. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So my advice is sort of valid in in in, in some way. Pure <laughs> all for everything. I have, I have another question, Damien. Uh, a friend of ours, and uh, he's on this podcast, is awful addicted to the phone. He's completely addicted to the phone. And uh, we know who he is. Won't give any, we won't give it away yeah. too much. We won't give it away, <laughs> but it's cowboy. It's cowboy to the left of me. He's the left of me on the screen. <laughs> we wouldn't uh, mind if it was porn or something you, like. You were going to ask this question as well, Steve. You were I was, I was, I was. I was just like, I have an awful habit. It's like, it's, it's becoming an addiction at this stage. Even when I don't need the phone or even... Like even there, I took the phone out, even though I had nothing to do. I could do nothing with it. I took it out and had a look at it. <laughs> do you know? Uh, it's nearly a habit at this stage. Any advice how to break a habit? Not just phone, but in my in my case, the phone. But things like that. Have you any you know, like tips to 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 break 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 habits? You said earlier on you were fond of the cold turkey, so just turn the fucking thing off. How long, P, did I last? Uh, you tagged me a few times, and the average was how long? It was, uh, and I, I have to state that he was driving at the time. And uh, he <laughs> yeah. couldn't, it was, uh, I think it was like two minutes. No, two minutes. it was not. It was six I... minutes. Was it six minutes? Every six minutes, he had to go on the phone. I think. Right? Yeah, there was. It, this was six minutes, and me trying yeah. to stay off the phone, like consciously knowing that I was meant to be staying off the phone. Yeah. So yeah. that's not good. No, it's not great. No, it's not look, great. I did, and to be honest, it's just looking at your own likes. <laughs> you know, does that make it worse? Yeah, seeing it how does. the pages go, <laughs> and then I'll go to do something on the phone, and next thing is three hours later, and I'm watching, you know, some lad boxing um an emu out in new zealand you know it's crazy stuff yeah but you couldn't miss that where would you like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't blame him for that now either myself so <laughs> Sounds good. would you send it on to me would you <laughs> <laughs> david one more question and we'll let you go we'll let you go sure. one more question and um, have you any advice for us doing this podcast we get a lot of people texting the page and majority of the times me and steve say just go for a run go for a run do some exercise that's our advice if you any and we there was one case where we specifically had problems and we since sent out um helplines and everything have you any other advice for us if we get somebody at a gig or if we get somebody cowboy is on social media more so than me and you get a lot of people talking to you about their yeah. problems have you any yeah. advice for how do we approach it yeah the first thing i'd say like going for the run or going for the walk uh, it's not bad advice you know what I mean? Like, like, like people, you know, I remember doing a meeting one time, I was facilitating a recovery meeting, and when one guy was gone, there one more person tell me to go for a walk. He was going to lose life. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But there's a reason why everybody keeps telling you, because yeah, that's it true. Really works, you know? And um, look, there's a lot of great resources out there at the moment. Um, there's one app I came across there a while ago. It's really good. Um uh it's a cbt based app called what's up so you go into your play store or whatever uh, and you download it and it's a really good 
um, practical tool for dealing with kind of lower level depression and anxiety. And um, it's got good information on it and then good strategies and tips that you can use um, uh, to, for those kind of issues. And you apply it to loads of other stuff as well, you know? So, Brilliant. yeah. What's up? Yeah, What's Up is, 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 is a really good app. Um, and there's other, just loads of other ones out there, you know? But I suppose the thing that I'd say to people is, is um, try to get a handle on what the problem actually is. You know, I mean, it sounds really obvious, like, but, you know, you had a bunch of people write in and they were talking about their problem was their family member causing chaos. Yeah. But really, the problem is they're they're getting sucked into it all the time. Yeah. And they can't put distance between them and they can't have their own life because this other person is causing all this chaos. You yeah. know, because you can't Actually, control other people. You don't need to control what you can do. So trying to define the problem. Now that you've said that, I'd say 70%, 75% of the, the problems being texted in are actually people someone else asking yeah. about someone else. And, and that we, we've been say, talking about this as well, that you can, like what Pete said, you can bring a horse to water, you can make a drink. All of those things are true. You can do but, for someone else. But I know that they're, it's they're hard. their best interests are at heart, obviously. It's just that. Well, potentially, potentially some of them could be talking about themselves as well. You know, the whole story. Yeah, I've well, got a friend that likes a girl, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that likes what? It's really, I've got a friend that likes a girl. You know, the barman is always oh, like, right, right, yeah. right. <laughs> but it's actually him that likes the girl. You know what I mean? Talk to us, P. Tell us about <laughs> it. <laughs> You're in a safe space. We're yeah, all yeah, no, but they, I'm just saying some of them could be talking about the actual themselves, but they're yeah, saying it's somebody else. Of course, yeah. Potentially, yeah, of course, but I think the the, the 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 thing of it is with 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 family members, you know, they're talking about somebody that they have a very long, very deep connection with having a problem. There's somebody they love. At the end of the day, if the family member had the power to make them stop, they would have done it a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. The reality is, they need to recognize that it's not in their control. They can't make them stop. So, what can they do for themselves? You know, and and you know ourselves, we have a family support service, and um, and going again, I'll give you his contact details for that, and maybe you can put in the description, people can get in touch with us. And Absolutely, start that. brilliant, yeah. brilliant, Tim. Yeah. It's been brilliant chat, yeah, and you've highlighted a lot of things, especially about the women, that there's not many services for women, and um, hopefully that will be rectified in the future. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it is getting there. It is getting there. It's a lot better than it was. You know. Right. Absolutely. Look, Damien, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much, Damien. Yeah. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed tonight's podcast with Damien. He was a brilliant guest to have on, and I hope it's addressed any issues that anyone is suffering from or going through at the minute in your lives or family members' lives. So we really hope that it helped. Yeah, and you'd be really happy to know Stephen will never pick up a phone ever, ever again. Ever, ever, ever. So, no more videos. You know, he's fixed. He's yeah. fixed. I'm a new Same man. So, um, look, please um, like and share the video, guys. If you haven't subscribed, please do subscribe. It makes a massive difference to us. And uh, obviously, hit that notification bell so you get more of this content. Exactly. And also, if you'd like to keep the dream alive and keep us in motion, and if you'd like to become a patron member please, please do it for a fiver a month and it keeps the ball rolling here. And remember, anyone that becomes a Patreon member will get into any Three Bucks Left show that's going to be happening in the end of the year and into next year. So 
Yeah, if, if you become a Patreon member now, we're going to send Pete out to see you have a cup of tea every morning, sleep in your bed, and you know, enjoy yourself. All right, guys, thanks for there. watching.